0: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. Excitement in Los Angeles. Lakers, they pull out a home upset against the Jazz. But Anthony Davis goes down. What does this mean? I'm telling you, I've got a strong take on what they should do, and Laker fans are not going to like that. Now, DeMar DeRozan. You've heard the name, I'm sure. He's surging in the MVP. He was 50-1, to now 25-1. to When did that change happen? In one day. What did he do? He broke a record of Wilt Chamberlain's. It's a stunner and it's impressive. The favorite right now to win the MVP, Embiid, says, "Hey, he feels good about it." They are though the Sixers, six and a half point, six and a half point underdogs against Giannis and the champion Bucks. Here comes a four out of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is
0: straight out of Vegas
1: with the voice of Vegas. Your host, R.J. Bell. The The pregame show America has always wanted.
0: From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm RJ, live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. This could be called Flamethrower Thursday. I just made that up, but you know why? I've got a take on the Lakers. I think it's logical, but logic isn't something fans usually like, and I think it might be a little extreme, but logically extreme, if you know what I mean. Now, one Hot take, what, what does it mean? Well, maybe something, but A.J. said, I think I know the most underrated player in the entire NBA, and you're going to – I think he's got something here. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He's the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman.
1: Thanks, R.J. Great to be here on a day where Anthony Davis is injured once again. DeMar DeRozan makes history. And the Packers making desperation moves to keep Aaron Rodgers around. What is the Vegas lead?
0: Yeah, so desperation moves. I was thinking they'd hire his uncle or something to be the QB's coach. (laughs) You know know how he basically
1: did. You know how he two like, years on the couch said oh come on come come,
0: help us out here exactly like sometimes back in the day or maybe still like college basketball they would hire a guy's dad to be like exactly. you know run run the facility you know for 200k a year but, <laughs> but we're going to start with the Lakers and we're going to start with Anthony Davis's injury and what does it mean Anthony Davis goes down with an
1: ankle injury last night reports are that he's out at least two weeks uh, but LeBron James carries the Lakers in a four Fourth quarter comeback and upset the Utah Jazz last
0: night. Okay, so first off, I don't know if this is known widely. I'm not a medical doctor. So, I mean, whatever the speculation has been, no, no. But I don't and I really try to avoid any kind of diagnosis from the distance. But man, that injury looked bad. Didn't it, AJ?
1: It looked ugly. It, it didn't look like a, a a basic sprained
0: ankle. So, And we know the Lakers and most NBA teams, they are disinclined to be forthright about the injuries, especially when they think it might uh, demoralize the fans. You know, obviously, this is a a game of attendance, of of revenue generation is what the Lakers are trying to do. So let's say they knew, and I'm not saying they do, but let's say they knew it's going to be five weeks. It's in their best interest not to say that. So, yeah, with medical stuff, there's uncertainty even if you're being forthright, when you have a motivation as a team to potentially understate the severity, I think we should assume that there's a chance of that, because history shows us that that happens a good bit. Okay, let's assume, though, that this is a three-week injury. All right, I think that's conservative, but let's say three. My question is this, do you Shut down, or not even shut down. Do you accept that this season is a lost season? Let Anthony Davis come back at a conservative pace? If the choice is he could come back in three and a half weeks or five weeks, make it five, bring him back slow once he comes back with an eye towards next season. Because it's my belief, and just father time, you know, I, I can count on my fingers at least. LeBron doesn't have that many years left of prime play. And it's amazing. It is amazing. LeBron is still playing prime. And I think this season, in a weird way, has been a great testament to LeBron's um, flexibility, his ability to play a lot of different types of ball. One of the things that's been lost to history, and I think it's analogous to LeBron this season, is I think it was 95, Magic Johnson came back for like 30 games and it was like maybe 20 and I'll look it up in the break, but he was playing pretty much a a, a power, like a point forward. It was like, it was something he had never done before. He had put on a bunch of muscle, you know, it was obviously his post his HIV diagnosis. And, um, you know, there was, if you were around at the time, Carl Malone and others were skeptical about him playing. That was back you know, a couple years before he took those years off, came back and played. And he was like a new age. He was like an Anthony Mason type, but just magic. Right. He could pass a lot better. Yeah. And you remember that? Aja? I do. Vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. It was 32
2: games, by the way. Ninety
0: five, ninety six. OK, well, read a stat line
2: to me. Six assists, a career low, but obviously still very good for power forward. 15
0: points per game, six rebounds per game. So he was like a, a, first of all, obviously a a team leader type, right? But also he was filling up the stat sheet to some degree. And, I mean, the pace back then, remember, this was the mid-90s, right? So this was a lot of mugging defense. What was he? He would have been a very good fourth player on a team, you know, a championship team. And... It just showed you, you know, we all remember, or I don't remember it, but we all have heard about Magic in his rookie year playing center against the Sixers that last game when Kareem was hurt in game six in the, I think, seventy-nine eighty, if I recall, finals. And it's like, wow, he could do that, and he could be the guy leading showtime. Well, we, we got to put LeBron in a category of a guy that's – how many different facets of his career or stages have there been? And this is another one. He's playing like a new age stretch five, bully ball in the post. And as much as some people hate LeBron here and Chicago native Mackenzie Rivers, I think, (laughs) falls into that category. It's hard to imagine that that we don't give him some some kudos for having yet another game approach that is successful. Mackenzie, what do you have to say about that? It's another season where everyone's saying
2: how LeBron is amazing, and yet the Lakers are the most disappointing team in basketball. Very similar to 2014, 2015, people were saying LeBron's the MVP. I'm like, LeBron's fourth in a terrible conference. How is the MVP? I think team success has to be a major factor when we're considering the best of the best. I mean, when okay. we're considering Zion oh, Williams and 30 whoa, whoa, for whoa, games whoa. a lot.
0: Whoa, whoa, did you think you had like some 90-second like speech? Enough. Geez, he's he's like go back. the funny thing is, AJ, he's going back to like seven years ago and saying like or whatever and saying like, oh, you know, there were people saying X and I'm gonna to respond to that. What are you responding to something someone said in the USA today seven years ago? <laughs> I
1: mean stuck in my craw, I guess. AJ, what do you think? I mean, I get what McKenzie's saying, but I think it's important for him to remember also that when Michael Jordan left the Bulls, they still won 55 games the year without him. Like, team success, does, it doesn't speak everything in the NBA. Obviously, it's an important factor. But whoa, whoa,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're saying that Scottie Pippen year, the, the the year Michael was out the entire season for baseball, you're saying that's a sign of what?
1: All I'm saying is that that's not, it doesn't mean that Michael Jordan wasn't great because well, the they, Bulls didn't fall off without him.
0: Well, let, let me think about it. The prior three years Jordan was there, they won a title. Three, one title, two title, three <laughs> titles. Then he had two seasons. when he was out, no title. One, he came back late, late, no title. And then there was three more, title, title, title. I see a trend.
1: I, I mean, I, I get it. But they, I'm, did that, I'm saying, they did I'm fall say- off. They did fall off. Oh, well, not in the
0: regular season, they didn't. Well, that, neither do the Cleveland Cavs back before LeBron sometimes or the Atlanta Hawks, right? Or, yeah, they, or let's be honest, the Utah Jazz at this point. Like, at some point it's about, or not at some point, I think at any point it's about titles. Think about the Hawks team. How long ago was that that there was talk there should be four All-Stars uh, from that Hawks team, right, in Toronto before they got um, uh, Leonard? Right, it was like a
2: lot of number one seeds, and then yeah, quick it was at, Coach and, Bud's Hawks team won sixty games. Had Joe Johnson, Jeff Teague, guys that we don't consider all stars. You know, looking back at it, but well, like, they, they, they were all stars at all-stars the time,
0: year. right? So, I, I guess my thought would be AJ, and I'll let you continue. Is I think that that Michael's absence did show when it mattered against the Knicks when he had a migraine.
1: Okay, yeah. Hey, I, what I was saying is I don't think that the fact that the lakers are struggling this year is just laid on the on the head of lebron james that doesn't seem fair to me because like you said he's been playing well as well as could be expected especially given the role he's put in
0: what about lebron gm
1: now that guy he gets a negative grade
0: is there anything below an f
1: uh, it, it, whatever he did to say, let's trade our entire the entire depth of our roster for Russell Westbrook. That that's a G, uh, it, <laughs> right, right below F.
0: It, it's it's more than I think Westbrook and that miscalculation. But let's think about what was the source of that miscalculation. The source of that was a belief that LeBron's brand, that his that his power to persuade was sufficient. To change a man who no one could change. I mean, think about it. if there was any time with OKC and with uh, you know with Harden, future MVP. I mean, they had three MVPs on that team, and they didn't win one title, zero. How does that happen? Well, it's three people thinking they knew best, and none of them have won a title as the best player on the team or as the leader of the team. Right? We can say that Durant, I think fairly so, was the best player. On at least one of those Golden State championship, or on one of them, but he wasn't the leader. And Harden, zero at this point. And obviously, Westbrook, zero and counting. And <laughs> when you have those, remember, people forget this. 90% of the audience is going to say, really, to what I say right now, is when OKC played LeBron in the Heat. In that series, LeBron and the Heat had yet to win a title. They had zero titles. They had just lost to Dallas the year before. And OKC was favored in that finals series. Entering the series, they had home court. They were minus 170 over the Heat. So we can say, oh, they didn't mature. No, they were favored in the finals, got beat rather handedly. And then here we are. And Westbrook being probably the most stubborn of all of the three about his way. But LeBron thought, well, when he gets around the king, he's going to bow down and understand he's secondary. He's going to play D, maybe do some screens, and maybe get my lunch. And Westbrook's like, I'm not getting you nothing. I'm going to keep shooting. (laughs) So, I mean, ego seems to be the driver of that. What else could it be, right? Right.
1: Yeah, I can't think of anything else. I I think it's LeBron thought that – or maybe Russ just lied to him and said, hey, this is what I can do, and just wasn't honest with him. This is what I'm willing to do.
0: Does it seem like when Russ is in these press conferences, he he chagrined, or he feels (laughs) guilty, that he feels wrong? I don't think
1: so. I don't think he
0: feels bad about things. Because if – I'm guessing this dude – if there's one thing you can know about him, it feels like he's going to tell you what he thinks. Yeah. I don't think he's going to tell you what he thinks you want to hear. Right, I, that, that seems. That's how he strikes me. And, and I, I got to be honest. I respect that, right? But I mean, in a way, ho- yeah. Uh, and and I also think, listen, on one hand, I'm saying let's blame LeBron for the personnel decisions, and I think that's unequivocal. You could say, well, it's really the GM, Palenke. Okay. But to keep LeBron, you got to placate LeBron. Even Pat Riley, after two titles, couldn't placate LeBron enough to keep him without totally saying, "You're the boss. Do you got anything you need me to carry? Any bags or anything?" (laughs) And Pat Riley said, "Nah, I don't need that." And what's happened? LeBron's had, you know, two titles since. Let's give him credit. But he had two titles with Miami in a short period. Is at what point would a LeBron been better? If he had just said, I, you know something, I could be coached hard. There's nothing wrong with that. Because it seems to me at every move, whenever he got pressed, after that first title, I don't know to what degree when Dallas beat him, and if you weren't around back then as a fan, LeBron was getting as much heat. Remember, that was what? Six years into his career? I mean, it wasn't like he was a rookie. It was like this guy had lost and lost. He went to San Antonio, obviously. They got there early at that point and got swept. And then years later, Dallas and, and Dirk beat him. I mean, they looked—and then they were underdogs to OKC. So it wasn't like LeBron was the chosen one and never had his trials and tribulations— I don't know to what degree did he capitulate. Did he say, hey, I'm going to follow Riley. But when they won the first and then the second, it was like, hmm, next year. Remember, that second one. I mean, think about this a second. Is Leonard was shooting with 26 or seven seconds left. They were up by four. And at that point, they literally were rolling the, the trophy for San Antonio to get. In Miami out onto the side of the court. It was like, I mean, you remember Allen's three. It was one of the most amazing. And at that point, LeBron would have only had one in Miami. And now who knows what would have happened the next year when the Spurs blew him out. But, I mean, LeBron's never wanted to be coached hard. He always thought he knew best. And that extends all the way to being a GM. And ultimately, we're going to have to ask ourselves, and I'll ask you now, AJ, how much has that hurt his legacy? How many titles would he have? If he had just said, you know something, coach me hard. Let's find the best coach out there. Coach me hard.
1: I I think in a way it does, because you never heard Michael Jordan complaining about about his coaching. It it is, But that's also just the way that NBA players today are. What, What NBA player hasn't had some sort of an issue with a head coach at some point? It feels like everybody does.
0: Yeah, but the great ones don't let – the, the excuse – people don't say, you know, Mozart, I like him, but I think he's a little <laughs> repetitive there. And it's like, well, you know, in the era, that's what all the other people did. It's like, well, who cares, right? We're hundreds of years later, and he's transcended oh, his you're era. Right. Michael transcends his era. All right LeBron, I, I don't I, – I think LeBron's going to have the most amazing accumulation of stats and I don't even think he's a stats guy. I just think it's a combination of his longevity, with his health when he's in those seasons, and his production. You know, when you play long and you play mostly, you know, you play a lot and you produce, you could have compiled some stats. And that's not an indictment. But man, when you compare the stats to his accomplishments as a champion, I mean, they they pale in comparison. They really do.
1: And you think, had he been more willing to be coached hard, that he
0: has more rings right now? I mean, I think he might have – I mean, think about it. Michael, to whatever degree we want to say, okay, let's say the first five years of a career, unless you're – I don't know who the exceptions are, but you can't be the best player on your team and win a title and be in your first five years. I mean, has, I mean, now we can debate, was Magic the best player his rookie year or was Kareem? Well, I think Kareem's fair to say, but that was a close call, right? And Tim Duncan had David Robinson. Yeah. And and so I get, I'm not saying there was, and again, that was a team team too, right? I mean, Duncan was certainly a key player on that first title team, but it wasn't like he's carrying. And maybe that's what we need to say is if you're going to be the clear leader and carry a team, right, it's hard to do it in your first five years. So Michael didn't do it. LeBron didn't do it. Let's accept that and not call it anything negative for either. It is what it is. Dwayne Wade? You know something? That was, I mean, that 2005. I mean, Wade was better than Shaq at that point. But Shaq was two years off an MVP. I mean, so that's one where he was probably, I think that's a lot like Magic. He was probably the best player, but it was close. He didn't carry the team, though in that series he did right? In the refs, him and the refs carried that one. <laughs> and I watched that series very closely. And it was a great, I mean, it was a fascinating series. But, but the reality is, I don't think Wade was ever the same after that series. But the reality is that it's a rare thing. And neither of them did it to win and carry a team in your first couple years. Okay, or five, let's say. After that, when Michael played, he won like six of eight titles, you know, however you want to say it. And we'll dismiss Washington. No one thought he was winning a title. Washington was in the lottery before he went there, as like 40 years old. I mean, we can debate that all we want, but let's forget it for a minute. All right, so after that, LeBron or Michael won, you know, what, six out of eight years or six out of nine. And I'm not counting the, the two years he didn't play. Or the year that somehow Nick Anderson stole the ball from him, because we know something was wrong there at the end of that game. So I mean, even Michael needed time to get ready. But LeBron's had how many years after his first five years? Fifteen. So if he even wins sixty percent of the time, which is still a hell of an accomplishment, how many? What's he got? Right? I mean, half is going to be eight. You know, eight or nine titles. LeBron could have won eight or nine titles. I don't even think that's a debate, is it?
1: No, I don't think it's a debate. I mean, because he
0: he was one of the top two teams seemingly every year.
1: but But you believe that coaching is the X
0: factor that kept him from that? What else could it be? Is he an intrinsic loser? Because I do think there are people that tend to lose. I don't think he's that. I don't think he's an intrinsic winner, though. There's, I,
1: I agree. I think that that may be the difference between him and Jordan. I think Jordan is a, a born winner, and LeBron is is uh, he's not a born loser, but he's not a born winner either. It's, I it's not, I he's a neutral in that.
0: I agree, and I think with Jordan, it's literally everything about him is points to his winning. I mean, just and again, listen. I love Jordan. I hated him at the time. But I, I mean, I really did. I rooted against. I got so sick of rooting against him. But but as you listen, the guys that really talk about Jordan are the ones that tried to beat him. If you were around at that point and you were either a hardcore fan or if you were a player, you knew that your whole life was dominated by this guy because your goal couldn't be reached unless you beat him. And you looked over and said, "I can't beat him." I mean, that was what it was. Think of Barkley. Barkley just looked up, I can't beat this guy. And it's like, who has done that to the best players in the world? No one. And I you know, we could go back to Bill Russell or whatever. So to me, I think part one of the Lakers' problem is it's an extension of LeBron not wanting to take instruction. Not only should he be the coach, but now he's the GM. And now you're reaping what you sowed. And that's part one. We're going to take our first break part two is going to be, what do you do about it now if you're the Lakers? And that's where I think you're going to be surprised what I think. And he's R.J.
1: Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Straight out of Vegas!
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with adventure.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And
1: I am A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to take a look at R.J. and I's differing takes on what the
0: Lakers should do with the rest of their season. Yeah, and if we have extra time, Mackenzie is going to give his top 20 rap songs of all time. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> he, he has been doing that. Well, I'll, I'll see how the list looks. Now, it was interesting, though, A.J., I don't know if you saw this, you know, Mackenzie, uh, as the culture likes to say now, a person of color, but also a uh, first cousin of Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, think about that a second. I'm following. Okay. Now, <laughs> he, he says, I want to do the 20 best rap or hip hop songs of the 21st century. It's like, okay, that sounds good. Two of the first three from was from a white guy. And I'm like, hey, listen, I I'm not saying I have a problem with that, but
2: Mackenzie, that was curious. There's, I mean, there's 20 songs to fill out. I need some white and some woman, so I got I got both of those. Ooh, for. that that sounded kind of not good. Like, <laughs> d- dump button, dump button. I mean, <laughs> did he really say I need some white and some women? Oh my just god, just have the full. You know, <laughs> Schmorgasport <laughs> of what hip hop has brought us in the last 20 years.
0: <laughs> Misogyny, apparently. <laughs> All <right. No> doubt. <laughs> this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio, in spite of that. And why? Because of your tolerance for that kind of stuff from Mackenzie. We appreciate it. Keep spreading the word, and we'll try to do our best along the way. (laughs) You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Here in Vegas on the Strip, 62 degrees. The neon is chugging.
1: All right, RJ, let's take a look at the L.A. Lakers. Obviously, the injury to Anthony Davis last night. What should the Lakers do for the rest of this season?
0: Yeah, so we set up early in that nice ranting first segment about LeBron versus MJ, which I love to get to whenever we can is that we believe LeBron has been, it's been problematic, his unwillingness to be pressed, to be made uncomfortable, to be challenged. And we've seen that, I think, with the coaching. We saw that that he didn't want. Uh, we saw that with Pat Riley and some disagreements there, it seems. We're seeing that in L.A., it looks like. And now he's become GM, and he's not a good GM. De facto, maybe GM is the way to say it. Okay, Now, Anthony Davis went down. They're saying maybe two weeks. It looks longer, but okay. What should they do? I got a strong take. AJ, you've got a take I think a lot of people agree with. Make it.
1: I think that the Lakers realize they have a finite amount of time with LeBron James before he's, you know, his shelf life fully expires, and I think even if this season feels like a lost cause, they have to go for it. They cannot sit back. They cannot, you know, take it easy or, or just look at look ahead to next season because you don't know how much time you've really got with him being his prime. LeBron could have hit a wall at any moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would make the case that no player has ever played this well at this age, much like Brady. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Though in a weird way, I'm I'm more impressed by LeBron, and and because it's 82 games a year, and it's like a quarterback, if you're lucky, you can avoid the punishment. You still gotta have the strong arm. You still gotta you know avoid the the shots to the knees and stuff. But man, he gets rid of that ball, Brady, so fast. He he's done that. He's avoided a lot of that, and it's still amazing, no doubt. But it's more of a youth. It's more of a youth uh, uh, re- re- keeper. I, I, that's not a good word for it. But it's like he's maintained his youth as much as fought through aging. It's a kind of two separate thing. where LeBron feels like he's in the trenches. He bang- I mean, if anything, the game's more physical for him now than it used to be. And if you look at his minute count, and when you count the playoffs, I mean, he's getting up there in uncharted territory on his minute count. And that's something Bill Simmons has been tracking for years. If you add his regular season and playoff minutes, LeBron's is amazing. How The fact he's still playing at a high, high level. It's amazing. But I agree with you. He could hit the wall at any time, just like any of us. No doubt about it. My question is this. Forget the wall. Let's accept how good LeBron is has been this year. Let's assume he's healthy. You know, he says his knee's bothering him. And he thinks it's gonna, it won't be right till the off season, is what he said. So he's got a bad knee, bum knee, and AD. I don't know if you know this, injury prone. Injury I've prone. I've heard. <laughs> All right, but let's assume someone said on TV today. That's why they call him Mr. Glass. They say, boy, that's not a good nickname. <laughs> but, but here's the question: When they're both playing together and they're healthy, how have they done? Well. They won a title, didn't they? Yeah, that was two seasons ago in the bubble after a, you know multiple-month break in, between, in the middle of the season. You rest, Grandpa. Get, tell me when you're ready. We'll go again. <laughs> now, listen, that wasn't what happened, but he took advantage of it. Let's give him credit. But this year, there's been 21 games LeBron and AD have played, both of them, in the game. This is the dream. This is the AJ dream scenario. They've been outscored in those 21 games. 11 wins 10 losses, just above 500, but they've been outscored the net margin. And against the spread, 21 games, well, you would have cashed five, the AJ Ooh. special, 5 and 16 against the spread. So even if everything goes your way, what do you have? a 500 team? Question.
1: I mean, yeah. I guess that is what you have. But the question is, are you going to be better without him? Are you better with the alternative, no, but, which is but, Russell Russell Westbrook with with LeBron?
0: No, you're right. If the question is, are they better with or without LeBron? Yeah, with. Are they better with or without AD? Better with. The question is, what are, does it cost you to make a futile attempt at this year's title? What does it cost you in future years? I'm going to break that down. What I think it costs them. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: Fox Sports Radio. I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas. RJ Bell.
0: Mr. Dan Byer, you have a moment. Yes,
1: RJ.
2: Have you been watching the Winter Olympics? I've watched a little. Um, I, I I like the Winter Olympics, and I haven't watched as much as I have in the past.
0: Okay, because I haven't watched hardly any. And I heard someone talking about how like it's like back in the old days where like the Russian judges are judging like the East German judges or whatever. Have you have you caught any any of that? I have not uh, found it, but the Russian doping scandals is a tradition unlike any other
2: in the Olympic <laughs> Games. So that is always carried through, no matter what. Are you saying Tiger was using PEDs? I did not say that at I, all. I think you were kind no, of referring. no, no. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Dan.
0: <laughs> All right, so, A.J., go for it, baby. All right, so
1: we were discussing what you think the right thing to do is, how do you think the Lakers manage this, and what's it going to cost them if they continue to play LeBron James?
0: And I think it's miles. It's miles on their left. La- First off, when you come back quickly, right, you always hear, like, if it wasn't the playoffs, he wouldn't be in the game kind of thing, right? One, it increases the chance of re-injury a, a lot, drastically. And number two, those miles are harder. Playoff miles are hard. So let's say they that everything falls your way and they make the playoffs, but they have to have, or at least they make the play-ins, right? So they win one of those. Now that was a high-pressure game. Then they, let's say they get lucky and win a tough seven-game series in round one, and then in round two they lose a six-game series. What what's happened except you put a bunch of miles on those guys when they came back, maybe rushed back from injury? I, I I think the odds of an 11 and 10 tight team winning it are almost zero. And I think we got to admit there's an odometer running on LeBron and it, it, it's, it's hitting nine, 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 and it's not flipping. So I think park the car and wait till next year. That's my advice. I see where you're coming from, but,
1: man, it, that means you've got one year left of LeBron, and there's no guarantee you've got anything beyond that. So I, it's it's just hard for me to not say rest in the offseason, shoot your shot with what you've got now.
0: All right, we're going to take our final break. You're going to think, R.J., that was a pretty strong take. It was a cold cash over hot takes. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. When I come back, first thing is going to be something about LeBron and the Lakers even stronger, and it's really effectively – uh, it, it speaks to the rest of LeBron's career, and LeBron's not going to like it. So if he's listening, you don't want to hear this.
1: <laughs> That's coming up next. But first, he's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, unless you're LeBron James, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm A.J. Hoffman. All right, R.J., it's time to uh, tell everyone why you had LeBron turn
0: off the radio for this take. I said he should if he doesn't want to hear something tough. I'm not saying he has to. And by the way, in a couple minutes we got the Bulls take from AJ that's strong. Who's the most underrated player in the NBA? He knows. Here's the thing. The party's probably over for LeBron in titles. That this year, the fact that we're saying logically it's we don't see how he could win a title. This is a team that's eleven and ten when him and Anthony Davis both play. That's barely above 500. They've been outscored in those games. And literally, this is the best it's ever going to be. Think about it. AD gets one year older. LeBron gets one year older. Does does Mr. Glass get better health-wise? Probably not. But you know what? Even when he was healthy, it wasn't working this year. Because of GM LeBron. Okay. Now, uh, let me think. Westbrook, does he get better? No. So who does their draft choices? Well, first-round pick, they don't have it. So tell me, and I'll just ask, AJ, rhetorically, but I'll let you answer, dot, 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 is how do they get better next year without some miracle? And yeah, we can't predict miracles, but how do they get better short of a miracle?
1: There has to be some players out, out there that are going to be free agents who are willing to take less money to play with LeBron and A.D.
0: But why do they want to take less money to play with players to win titles? And there's probably five or six teams with better title chances than even an optimistic view of the Lakers next year.
1: I, I don't have an answer to that. and That and means there I, is no answer. I, you're right. And and the one way that LeBron may continue to win championships is to go and be not maybe not the best player on a team late in his career. But does that end up hurting his legacy more it than won't helping hurt.
0: Him? It won't hurt. But here's the thing. You're right. The only other option is LeBron bailing once again and going to his fourth team title hunting again. And, I mean, here's the question. Does that hurt his legacy? It's one thing if he nat- if the Lakers cut him or something, and then he naturally flowed to another team and ended up being a good fourth man, on, you know, the fourth best guy on the team when he's 43. I think that would be an amazing accomplishment. But... You can't say, "Oh, I've squeezed this turnip for." It's like it's like some guy that only dates girls just out of high school, and then he gets them on drugs and usually it. And once they start showing some wrinkles, he moves to the next one. <laughs> it's one thing a, a girl naturally, a woman naturally ages. It's another thing to like put squeeze the juice so you know, so hard that 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 it's like this premature aging. He premature LeBron prematurely ages teams by saying, "Let's trade all of our future for now. Let me." you win a title you guys can stare at the trophy and I'm going to go to the next place and do the same thing again this is the third the Lakers are the third wife it's enough LeBron (laughs) right or wrong AJ I I think you're right and he married the first one twice yeah I mean what a what a Casanova went back to her squeezed a little harder (laughs) oh I don't even know what that means you got something on the bullzo
1: yeah, I, I DeMar DeRozan is the most underrated player in the NBA, RJ. He has the Bulls in first place at the All-Star break. I don't think anybody saw that coming. And he just became the first player in NBA history to score 35 points or more on better than 50% from the field in seven straight games. That record was set by Wilt Chamberlain. W- why is it that DeRozan, who seems to be on these lists with all these all-time great players, we just mentioned last week when CJ McCollum got traded, that uh, the, the consecutive years of 30 plus games uh, scoring 20 uh, 20 points per game or more. A- Aj Aj he was with LeBron AJ, KD James Harden. Aj, take
0: a break. Take a breath and give us that last
1: stat again. 30 30 plus games and and averaging 20 plus points per game on the list with LeBron James Kevin Durant and James Harden. Why is he not considered an A list NBA superstar?
0: Well, a couple things. One, just to be clear about your stat, is that is seasons. That with that, playing 30 or more games is the qualifier, right? Okay. So that's impressive. And it's an impressive list. And this list of about 35 or more points and shooting 50% from the field is an impressive list or an impressive stat. And when Wilt Chamberlain's the record you beat, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Now, admittingly, Wilt Chamberlain has LeBron beat with the the whole wives analogy, but that's something totally different. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is – I think it's because DeRozan got traded from Toronto, and it looked like that, like Leonard, it looked like he was a throw in. Not a throw in, but he was the sacrificial lamb of saying, we can get a superstar, so you take DeRozan.
1: He was the B side of the deal. He was the the short end of the stick.
0: Exactly. Great way to say. And you know what? He probably, well, he certainly was with Leonard at the time. But he got better and better each year after that. And then he's taken another leap in Chicago. And the amazing thing, and Mackenzie made this point earlier, Levine, Zach Levine's been out three of these seven games. So for the first four, he's working with Levine and that combo that's been very effective. And then the last three, he's had to pick up the slack. And he's done it, still shooting, though, over 50%. DeRozan is certainly underrated, and he may be the most underrated. Closing thoughts on it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know anybody else who, who's been playing at this level for the last couple of years who doesn't get the love that DeMar DeRozan does. So I, I'm glad to see him start to get some now.
0: A lot of NBA talk today, that's how we're segwaying. There will be a lot of NFL, a lot of NBA doing March Madness. There will be a lot of that. So it's whatever we can make money on, and we're all watching together. What I will say is when we talk NBA after the All-Star break, I'm going to make a case that maybe the Miami Heat, who are – just in second now, right below Chicago. They've been injured this year, and they're still doing really well. I have a feeling the Heat could be a very good kind of long shoty bet—a bet, a long shot bet to win the title. Any quick thoughts on that, AJ? Yeah, you, you mentioned yesterday
1: during the pod that if, if a team's been that good and been injured in the first half, there's only up to go from there.
0: Yeah, and by the way, tomorrow we got a special guest. His name—it starts with Steve and ends with Fez <laughs> There it you in.
1: go. If you missed any of today's show, including RJ and I discussing how the Lakers should proceed for the rest of the season, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're going to be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. Steve Fezick in with us. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! <laughs>